Everywhere I look around the world, I see elitists who are gone to war with their own people. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Little here with Steve Breen and Scott Ott, and this is your week's Right Angle, where we hear the news that McDonald's has just announced that they have closed 847 restaurants throughout uh, Russia. And boy, that'll show Vladimir Putin. You know, there comes a point where where the appearance of doing something, in fact, th th this is left-wing politics in a nutshell, where the appearance of doing something makes you feel better about something actually causes more harm. Shutting down a McDonald's and having Visa and MasterCard shut down transactions does nothing that affects Vladimir Putin, but it does affect the Russian people. And the Russian people, by and large, are not behind this. In all of history, I am not able to think of a single example ever of a military operation that was one man's war as, as much mm. as I can think of this being Vladimir Putin and his cronies um, heading into Ukraine. Now, for full disclosure here, I'm married to a Russian and I have Russian relatives now. I have a stepdaughter and I have a mother-in-law in Russia at the moment. Does this mean I'm going soft on this whole uh, thing? No, it doesn't mean that at all. What I'm trying to get across here, guys, is that is that there are, in fact, economic vice that you can put on Putin and the people that support him that are extraordinarily effective. And then there are other ones that not only are unfair, but they damage our ability to have a better outcome. So, um, Steve, let's start with you. Uh, in, uh, in this week's uh, Moving Back to America, I talk about Vladimir Putin's power structure, how he is essentially half KGB and half bandito, but it is essentially a kleptocracy. The country is governed through patronage. It is, it is, it is the ultimate organized crime. It's organized crime on a national level where Putin has a series of subordinates who he hands uh, power to. Those people bring money to him and, and everybody scratches everybody's back makes makes the chicago mobster scene look like a look like a cakewalk yeah. hitting those people is not only effective i think it's the end of vladimir putin if you if you can take out all of his hundreds of oligarchs who enforce his actual will so that they don't get to go on their $900 million yachts anymore. And furthermore, they don't get to buy all this expensive money, uh, uh, cars or, 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 or take champagne baths or whatever else they're doing with all this cash. You shut off the cash supply to those people, you have cut Vladimir Putin's entire power base away and left those people saying, what do we have to do to get the money flowing again? Because everybody seems to be mad at this guy. Nobody knows my name. But when you do something like when you when you say that Visa and MasterCard transactions are no longer going to be functioning in Russia, the only people that that hurts are regular people who are trying to buy food and you are driving them into Vladimir Putin's narrative about how this is a reaction to Western aggression. It doesn't make any sense and it's not fair. It's not fair and it's more likely to backfire and keep Putin in power. Look, just to make things clear, um, I keep calling this the Ukraine war, but I think that if it continues to go as badly as it has been going for, for Russia, it might be better described or remembered as Putin's war. So you said this is this was basically one man's decision to do this with a military, uh, most of which was unprepared and, and not really thrilled about uh, about having to 
invade and kill their their ethnic and cultural kin. Um, and ideally, I, I would like this war to end with Vladimir Putin getting the full Ceausescu treatment. Nothing yeah. would make me happier than that right now. Um, well, there are a few things, but I won't mention those because it's seditious. No, I tease. Um, and I've said this before, uh, particularly before the Bolsheviks tried to ruin everything. Russian culture was was the envy of the world. It was, it was rival of France, uh, whether you're talking about food or music or, or, or literature or, or dance. It was you know, some of the best in the in the whole world. And I wanted nothing more after we won the Cold War than to bring Russia in fully into into Western civilization, not have this 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 divide between Western Europe and, and Eastern Europe. And expanding NATO, keeping NATO, but particularly expanding NATO, was a huge mistake. We I mean, Russia had already been invaded three times. Napoleon once, the Germans twice, the, the third invasion was just absolutely devastating. Lost somewhere between 20 and 30 million people in well, World War II. Let's not forget Sweden and Japan and, and, and Mongolia and all the rest. Absolutely. It's the um, crossroads of the world. And we, we fed in to that historic and well-earned paranoia by expanding NATO right up to, and in some cases, uh, the Baltic states inside the old borders of the Soviet Union. Huge mistake. Today, this morning, Tuesday, I stumbled across an old video from 1997 of then Senator Joe Biden doing his usual, you know, bragging strutting routine that he used to do before he got all uh, senescent. And he was talking about his conversation with the Russian foreign minister at the time, uh, who had warned Biden that if you expand NATO, we're going to have to grow closer to China. And strutting Joe Biden said, good luck. Well, here we are, Joe Biden, and we've got this growing Russia-China-Iran axis that these sanctions, and I'm not talking about the sanctions against the oligarchs, I'm talking about the sanctions on the Russian people, we are helping to cement this three-way axis that... <sighs> Uh, this 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 could prove to be a blunder on par with Operation Barbarossa. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Scott, um, some of the stories are are really kind of shocking, uh, at least to the ability that I'm still able to be shocked these days. Yeah. Uh, the Duma, the, the rubber stamp parliament that basically was personally selected and, and placed there by Vladimir Putin, uh, supported this idea that anybody who reports false fake news, which means anything that Vladimir Putin doesn't like, is getting a 15-year prison sentence. That caused essentially all Western news services to simply leave the country, right? There are a large number of protesters in Moscow and St. Petersburg and other places, and they are being put into white vans and driven away. Used to be black fans back in the old days. They called them Black Marias, but they're still being hustled by policemen into vans, and nobody knows where they are. They've gone, and perhaps most disturbing, only because it's most accessible. My understanding now is that on the streets of Moscow, policemen will stop people at random and and demand to see their smart devices, and and look at the messages that they've been sending any to other people looking for seditious content. And if you uh -huh. don't agree to let them read your messages, then they'll take your phone and probably consider you an enemy of the state. These kind of, these kind of repression 
reflexes on the part of a lifelong KGB man. Vladimir Putin tried to join the KGB at age 16. These kind of, of, of Soviet era repressions are so far out of date with the modern world that Russians are as amazed and as appalled as we are. And the only thing that can stop this groundswell of, of resentment and, and, and um, hatred towards Vladimir Putin is for those same people to think that the pain that's being inflicted upon them is being inflicted on them by outside sources. And then the Russian psychology kicks in. It is as ingrained in those people as, as anything else has been in any other people. And that is something to the effect of, okay, you want to put sanctions on us so I can't buy food now? I can't buy food. So it does mean that America has always been at war with Russia and we are tough and we will tough it out. And we've always been alone and we've always stood by, you know, and, and it, it doesn't help. It there's, doesn't help. There's something going on here beyond just virtue signaling, I think, and I'll, and I'll use the term projection. You know, this is this is me buying my wife a Christmas present of a chainsaw. Why would I buy her a chainsaw? Because I would like to have a chainsaw. Wouldn't she like a chainsaw too? Of course she would. Who wouldn't want a chainsaw for Christmas? That's what I want. And if you shut down McDonald's, I mean. In the United States, in my neighborhood here, if they have to close the McDonald's drive-through for renovations for two weeks, I'm ready to overthrow the government of the United States. <laughs> but you're dealing with a different situation in Russia. It is not the same kind of democratically elected structure. You shut off the, the transactional powers of people to use Visa or MasterCard, or you shut down their McDonald's restaurants, even although admirably McDonald's is going to continue to pay their 62,000 Russian employees, but you shut those things down, that hurts the people who are as much victims of this war as Ukraine is. Um, and so you're, you're really putting the sting on the wrong end of the arrow. And what you really need to do is what you have suggested before, which is focus on the actual power structure in that country. So I think, you know, McDonald's probably thinks, well, we, we've got to do something. And, you know, this is symbolic maybe, but it'll show them that we're serious. And Visa and MasterCard may be saying the same thing. Uh, but I think – it, beside the fact that it's just not going to work, I think you're right, Bill. It, it stirs up antagonism among ordinary people who really are in the same boat as the average Joe um, in Kiev, who's right now thinking, you know, I can't wait for this thing to be over. I want my son to come home alive. Um, you know, I don't understand why they're doing this, but but can it just end? Um, and so, again, I, I said in a previous episode of, of Right Angle this week that I think the whole idea of sanctions is usually well-intentioned but misguided and sometimes uh, ex runs contrary to your, uh, your objectives. And in this case, I, I think that's one of those cases. I think this will have the exact opposite effect of that which is intended. Since I have family in Russia, uh, and since uh, my Russian wife has a lot of Russian friends, I get a certain amount of personal insight into this that maybe most people wouldn't get. Uh, every single uh, expatriate Russian, every single Russian who's living outside of Russia, meaning every single Russian who gets some version of actual news, is mortified, embarrassed, ashamed. The things I feel about my country watching uh, civilians falling out of C-17 airplanes as they leave uh, Kabul airport in Afghanistan, that kind of feeling. Like that plane has my markings on it. I'm not responsible for this. I didn't do this. 
when you have a case that is such clear and open and naked aggression as this has been, it's difficult to gin up sympathy for the for the people that are at least flying the same flag as the aggressors. But I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to get rid of this lunatic who's not a lunatic. He's functioning out of his background, which is he is a KGB man who spent five years in East Germany, who fully believes that it's possible to pacify a country. He is obsolete. He's caused so much pain on all around the world. But folks, Vladimir Putin and the oligarchs that enforce his government, that, that's how the government works. They don't eat at McDonald's and they don't buy their $900 million yachts with their visa cards. If you want to get Vladimir Putin out of power, then by all means, put the screws to the money machine that is the entire power base of this man. Money flows up, power flows out, hit him with his cronies, and then the cronies will find somebody else because they're not only not making any money anymore, but all the money they made, they can't touch anymore. That is profoundly effective. I think it's the only realistic way to go once deterrent has, deterrence has already, that ship has sailed. But if you, if you, if you take it out on, on regular people, the kind of people that go to McDonald's, then what you're doing is you are shifting the pain from Vladimir Putin to the sanctions on the part of the people who want him gone. It's counterproductive. It's stupid. And it's virtue signaling. So all I'm saying is we don't like Vladimir Putin. Virtually all of the Russians, in fact, all of the Russians who know what's actually going on don't like Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has an intense propaganda campaign that is making the West into the villains here. Hmm. And a sizable portion of that population is buying this story. I don't think we should be giving those people ammunition. I think they should realize that this is their individual leader's fault and they need to do something about that. You can't compare the, the, the pain that that average Russians are going through with the pain that Ukrainians are going through. I've never bought that moral equivalency thing, and I never will, and I'm not trying to make that case. But we are talking now, as you saw from this picture of the empty shelves, we're now talking about regular people who can't buy food. You can pay those employees at McDonald's, but if you can't, if those people can't buy food, if they can't put it on their card, if they can't go to an ATM to get cash, and if there's no food to buy, then all you've done is made things worse. I'll close by saying this. I have noticed, and I become more convinced every day, that all around the world now for the last two or three years, what we've seen is we have seen the leaders of countries go to war against their own people. I've seen Australian governments build concentration camps in the north of Australia for people who weren't vaccinated and seen them round up people and put them in those concentration camps. I've seen the government of Canada take the take the property, take the money, take the pets, take the children of peaceful protesters who simply had an opinion that they wanted to give to Justin Trudeau, and I've watched their lives been destroyed. I've seen all kinds of irregularities in the United States in terms of the election, in terms of the, 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 the COVID thing, all of it. Everywhere I look around the world, I see elitists who are gone to war with their own people. And we ought to realize that this is now about 
the people fighting back against these individuals that don't see us as, as anything other than a food source and a useful form of manpower to further their own financial gains and their own visions of glory. And I do kind of think that maybe that time has passed. I really do. We're going to find out. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Woodle. We'll see you next time right here on Writing. 